Welcome to the Generational Clash Pod, helping bridge the generational gap everywhere. And the NBA was back in full swing with TNT broadcasting a doubleheader that saw the Utah Jazz face off against the New Orleans Pelicans. And then the Battle of LA in Orlando with Clippers versus the Lakers. And neither game disappointed, both living up to the hype. Coming down to the final shots with Brandon Ingram, Missing at the buzzer and the Jazz 106-104 win over the Pelicans. The nightcap, LeBron switched over to Paul George in the final seconds of the game to give him a highly contested look at a three-pointer that clinged off the side of the rim in the Lakers 103-101 victory to even the season series with the Clippers at two games apiece. And all of this in just his first night back. We had Ernie and Chuck, Kenny and Shaq all back in the TNT studios. Together, we had that beautiful heartfelt moment before tip with players and coaches sharing a knee in solidarity. And then for the games to play out the way they did, it was like a showcase of stars. We got a sample size of what Zion could do with 13 points in just 15 minutes, a few thunderous dunks, and a behind-the-back pass to Lonzo that is engraved in my memory bank. Donovan Mitchell passing the ball to Rudy Gobert for what would become the game-winning free throws. It kind of gave me... A clearing of the air moment. Like we're all good big fella. To complete that 16 point come from behind win. And in the nightcap. Kawhi had 28 points. Paul George 30. I mean PG 13 was just unconscious. 6 for 11 from behind the arc. On a night that for most part. LeBron struggled to find his offense. Anthony Davis would remind the world. While he is a top five player in this league, leading all scores with 34 points. Though LeBron struggled offensively, enough can't be said about the job he did defensively, especially coming down the stretch. To accept that challenge at Garden Kawhi and still work through his offensive woes to come up clutch with the game winner, I guess even in the bubble, you need a king. Yeah, and you touched on the players that were on hand, but how about the players that weren't? With the Clippers being shorthanded with no Montrez Harrell and his 18.6 points per game and no Lou Williams with his 18.7 points per game and only losing by two, there's no shame in that. And in saying all that, we're already a full week into the MLB season. And with 19 Marlins testing positive for COVID-19, are we just delaying the inevitable? A cancellation of the season. I for one hope not. As a proud subscriber of the MLB Extra Inning, I have enjoyed every second of this weird but highly enjoyable season. From the bench-clearing, almost brawl between the Dodgers and Astros, to Cleveland's starting pitching looking absolutely beautiful. Shane Bieber's 27 Ks in his first two starts. Mike Clevenger goes seven innings with six Ks, retiring the last 10 batters he faced. Zach Plesak went eight innings with 11 strikeouts. And I can't say enough about Carlos Carrasco. His first start since being diagnosed with leukemia a little over a year ago. And he goes six innings, striking out 10. Talk about Cookie Strong. I may sound like a typical Cleveland fan here, but short in season or not, this may be the year we put an end to that 71 season drought. I for one hope you're right, but it's not going to be an easy task to win the AL Central. Twins look like a powerhouse. The White Sox got off to a bit of a rocky start. 
but I believe they will be in the hunt when all is said and done. And now with word spreading through the league that the Indians are going to be without Roberto Perez for at least 10 days with a sore throwing shoulder, things don't get any easier. He's a gold glove catcher, arguably the best defensive catcher in the league, and he has a decent bat. Last year he hit somewhere around 240 with 24 home runs and 63 ribbies. His backup, Sandy Leon, decent behind the plate. He's not Perez by any stretch, but a solid defensive catcher. So behind the plate, I'm not worried at all. It's at the plate I think we're going to see him struggle. And now we have all 32 NFL teams back in camp, but some players are electing to not play this 2020 season due to the seriousness of the coronavirus. The Patriots have been hit the hardest with a total of six players choosing to opt out. Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, and starting right tackle Marcus Cannon, to name a few, bringing this list to 30 players in total. I think this is a list that we're going to keep see growing, but I know a name that we're not going to see on that list anytime soon. Alex Smith who the Washington football team currently has on its pub list. But I'm not going to bet against Alex Smith. I believe he suits up this year. Does he throw a pass in a game? I don't know. But even if he gets on the field and takes a knee, I believe he should be NFL Comeback Player of the Year. This is a man who broke his fibula and his tibula, had 17 surgeries resulting in an infection that almost cost him his leg. Hell, it almost cost him his life. Just to be where he is at today is a true testament to his strength and his courage. Alex Smith, you truly are an inspiration. I 1000% agree with you. And if you have not seen that E60 on Alex Smith, I highly suggest you do so. This truly could be a Hollywood movie one day. Because even if he never plays another down, this comeback has been spiritual. And now, this is that time of the pod where we switch things up a little bit and talk about something other than sports. And in honor of Alex Smith, we're going to be talking about our top five Hollywood movie quarterbacks. And Dad, I'm going to let you lead this off. At number five, I got Kurt Russell playing Reno Hightower in a 1998 movie called The Best of Times. At number four, I have James Vanderbeek playing Johnny Moxon in 1999's Varsity Blues. And at number three, I have Jamie Foxx playing Steaming Willie Beeman in 1999's Any Given Sunday. At number two, I got Burt Reynolds playing Paul Crew in 1974's The Longest Yard. And at number one, I got John Wick, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves, a.k.a. Sean Flacco in 2000's The Replacements. Okay, now it's my turn. At number five, I have Burt Reynolds playing Paul Crew in The Longest Yard. My number four, I have Paul Walker playing Lance Harbor in Varsity Blues. At number three, I have Ronnie Sunshine Bass from Remember the Titans. Then coming in at number two, I have Jamie Foxx playing Willie Beeman in Any Given Sunday. And then at number one, I got Heisman Trophy candidate Kane is Abel, Joe Kane from the program. And if you haven't seen any of these movies, it's a nasty day out. Go dig in the vault, check them out, and leave your comments in my inbox. You really got Sunshine hired in Paul Crew? He was a backup and played maybe one game. His famous line was, I can't make that pitch, Petey. And then you got Lance Harbor at number four. I think he played like one game before he was replaced by Johnny Moxon. Okay, but you have Reno Hightower as your number five. He replayed a high school team that they lost to 13 years prior. I see we ain't getting nowhere here. And I guess that's where generations clash. Be safe, everyone. Don't forget to wash your hands, social distance, and sanitize. And in the words of Diggable Planet, we out, we out, we out.